1: Thirty-something movie podcast, pumping up the volume here, myself and Mr. Patrick Canigallo. Hey, hey, Pat, how are you doing,
2: man? Good,
1: I'm doing well. Excellent, I, Pat. It's it's just you and me tonight. Um, we've got. Uh, I know we had a we had like a full house the last couple times. We had Dennis with us. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Bo with us, and then I think next week we're gonna have. Um, I think Bo and Jeff are going to be able to join us for Teenage cool. Mutant Ninja Turtles as we finish out 1990. Yep, rounding so, it out on so a high note. It'll be a good time talking that one, uh, but it's, it's just Pat and I tonight, so it's it's a it's it's a little more um, dare I say intimate conversation about pumping up the volume.
2: It'll be intimate, John.
1: It'll be mm, mm. <laughs> mm, talk okay. hard, talk hard, Pat. <laughs> yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. All right, so actually, something. Um, uh, I got some news for us real quick. All right. So I am going to mention this a little bit more in depth next week. Um, but I wanted to throw this out here because at the time that we're recording this, this is kind of brand new news. Um, by the time people hear, hear this episode a little bit later in December, um, it will not be as new. But maybe some of our listeners have not heard about this, um, Patrick. And I'm going to talk about this more because I know I think Jeff and Bo have not heard of this before. Um, Patrick, you know, Rock Sugar.
2: Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Because of you
1: because yeah, of you it's, it's so much fun yes i love the it's mashups it's mashup songs if you have never heard of rock sugar before um they are a band i think the premise behind the band their little backstory that they created was because they tend to mash up like pop songs with rock songs mostly from the 80s um yeah I want to say the backstory to their band that they, that they made up was that they had been stranded on a deserted island and all they had was their hard rock, you know, musical knowledge. And for some reason, the, the ship that they were on when they got stranded, um, there were a bunch of albums of like a teenage girl's, you know, uh, cassette tapes.
2: And mm-hmm. so they
1: had like the pop songs that she liked and they had their hard rock, you know, 80s knowledge and so they blended the songs together and so you get some um and i'll play some examples next week too but um we have some like uh let me, let me pull up let's see if i got one here i think i got one handy
2: yeah fired up <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just so good. I mean, it's just so good. And that one reminds me so much of it. When I was living over in England, there was a radio show I used to listen to, and I don't remember what the DJ's names were, but they would have like, I want to say it was like once a week or a couple times a week, they would do like this language lesson. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it was Klingon. Like they would give you, they would have like a Klingon (laughs) phrase every morning or or something like to help teach you Klingon. And I remember as a joke, a couple of times they did, um, learn how to speak like, and it was different, you know, uh, rock singers. Mm -hmm. And, and one of them was Axl Rose. Oh, jeez. And so obviously that song is, is a mixture of, uh, like voices carry and, and welcome to the jungle. And, um just his, how he's mimicking the whole Axl Rose thing of the I ay, ay, like that kind of stuff Right. was right. that when, when I'd listen to this radio show that was their thing there was like okay the phrase of the day if you want to learn to speak like Axl Rose is please repeat after me I mm-hmm. I would like a piece of pie eye <laughs> and so then they would do it in like mimicking an Axl Rose voice and ay, I would like you know that kind of a thing and That's fun. That's what that one kind of reminds me of. Um, I had another one here. That's really good. I'm just going to play a couple seconds of this one. Then we'll, we'll get into our movie, but, um, so they've got a new album coming out. My whole reason for playing this is they have a new album that's coming out. It's on Kickstarter. It's starting in February, coming out in February. Um, because of some issues with their first album back in 2010, they cannot release the album uh, for sale on Apple and Spotify and all those other places. So it's got to be done through a Kickstarter. So if you want to find the old album and the new album, you got to head over to Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Uh, go take a look. At, I think it's rocksugar.com is their website, but check it out on Kickstarter. I, I may put something up on our website so that you can get to it from there as well. But go check it out. I, these guys are a lot of fun. The lead singer is Jess Harnell from Animaniacs. So if you like some of his other stuff from voice acting, then um, you'll, you'll be able to, uh, you might be able to recognize his voice in some of it. So uh, let me play this other one real quick too. can you not and the funny thing is How i used to play not? when that came out in 2010 was their first album and then those are all from the first album um yeah. all those mashup songs uh, when that one came out it was 2010 so let's see john would have been would have been about three and nora was born that year but i remember like he and i when we'd be driving somewhere in the car we'd put that album on mm-hmm. and so like the the first version maybe even before knowing enter sandman and um uh, don't stop believing mm-hmm. he knew don't stop the Sandman. Don't stop the Sandman. <laughs> like, like yeah. he, he knew that. So for him, anytime we'd actually hear, um, you know, if, if, um, if, uh, enter Sandman came on, like if I was playing Metallica somewhere and he was listening to it, he, he'd listen to it and he'd go, um, dad. Cause in that, in that version of the song, um, it, Every once in a while, you'll hear Jess Harnell go, oh, yeah, like that at the beginning of the song.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, they don't do that in the original Metallica. And so I'd be playing the song and he'd be like, Dad, where are the oh, yes? Yeah. I'm like, well, they're, it, not, they're, they're not in this one, buddy. They're like, well, but why? But why? Uh, like, different song, different song, different version. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. if you like those, I mean they're so much fun. Like Pat, I'm, I'm Pat, I'm like watching you. I'm, I know I'm listening. To this, I'm watching you as the song comes on. Every time in the song when it switches to when you hear the music yeah. and then it switches to the lyrics of something completely different, you you can't help but smile. Yeah, it's just it's it's cool. Like it's so it's much fun. Cool, and it's just it's it's.
2: Yeah. I think it pays homage to the originals yeah. personally, and I think it's just a it's a cool thing you know and Mm -hmm. and you'll hear bands will do you know hit medleys right but this is hit medleys of different bands so I mean Mm -hmm. it's it's a neat thing you know when you got the two tunes like back do you know what I'm saying by the Mm -hmm. hit medley piece yeah yeah I mean it's it's just it's it's so cool what they're doing so yeah
1: so yeah, so new album coming out soon. Uh, go go hit them up on Kickstarter and uh, get your copy of the original album and the new one if you want to over there. Um, yeah, just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, I also think they're going to be making some of the new songs available for free. So if okay. you want to check that out, that's um you know check it out over there on Kickstarter and and get that stuff. So that is that. Um, I'll talk more about it next week. I might play another couple of examples next week. So oh, yeah. folks, I think they've got until January first is when they're trying to hit their uh hit their target. So might mention it next week too and play play some others for the uh for the other guys who may not have heard it. Um Pat, yeah. we're here for Pump Up the Volume. Yeah we are. Are you ready to pump up the volume? Yeah. Okay. Movie this time around is Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Jam. Pump it that's not the, no, that's wrong. Sorry. Um, release date was 22 August, 1990 rated R runtime of one hour, 42 minutes directed by Alan Moyle, who also did empire records, new Waterford girl, uh, producers on this one were Rupert Harvey and Sandy Stern. Harvey did the blob from 88 and the critters movies. Stern did being John Malkovich and saved, uh, Let's see. Writer on this one was also Alan Moyle, uh, who did the rubber gun and red blooded American girl. Uh, cinematography was done by Walt Lloyd who did sex lies and videotape empire records and CSI Miami. Um, now I, as we've said before, one of your favorite movies, Pat sex lies and videotape. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I, you know, I, I don't think I don't think I bumped on that one as much as I did, like those the two twin brothers that were like mutilating people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Yeah, sex lives and videotapes. It just didn't. Yeah. Didn't meet with. Didn't meet with uh, what I what I what I've come to know and love about movies. Yeah,
1: Dead Ringers was the one you didn't like.
2: Yeah, that one was the the
1: (laughs) Jeremy Irons as the twin gynecologists. Yeah. 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 That was um, that was something special. Oh, it was special. All oh, right, John. Special. And uh, Pat, I, I did not remember to put this into the soundboard ahead of time. So anytime that I have somebody pop up, I don't know if I've done this in the past, but I've always wanted to. Uh, anytime that somebody has CSI Miami in their mm-hmm. credits, I, I always want to do this. <laughs> I mean, is is it wrong? No, it's okay. not wrong. Okay. I, d- I want to add that to the soundboard because I just feel like I, that's, I, I want to be, I want to be like Horatio and do the, uh, you either take off or put on the sunglasses and you have like some, some one liner. Did you watch C S I Miami? I'm saying all this and I'm. I, I, I
2: did not regularly watch it, okay. but I am aware. Okay. I
1: am aware of it. You're aware you know? of the, the sunglasses either uh, mm-hmm. being removed or being added back on and some kind of one liner cut to credits or cut to commercial. Yeah. You know, that whole thing. Yes. Okay, good. I, am, good. I am aware of it. Okay, awesome. I, equip I am, your I mean, John, equip your soundboard. I'm I am gonna, fine with it. I'm, I'm gonna, I gotta get that added. Yeah. Cause, you know, I have all the stuff. Uh, I, I have the ones that are the really important ones. You've been Pat Splained. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> That's outstanding. So. I just want to
2: say that uh, my wife <laughs> is not a fan of that. No. <laughs> So she goes, can you just tell the guys like, okay, you, like you're using it way too much. And like, it's your ego, it, you're, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, Hey, I'm sorry that I'm like right all the time. You've been Pat's play, you know, it's just, uh,
1: <laughs> do, I need, do I need to send Tammy a handwritten apology for having emailed you the MP3 for that? No, I don't okay. think
2: so. I don't think so. Okay. I don't all right. Think so at all. Okay. I think it's, I think it's good.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but tammy has a little feedback okay all right <laughs> well, hey one. we're here at the 30 something movie podcast we are always open for feedback oh my so, gosh that's fun um uh, music was done by cliff martinez who did music for drive traffic and sex lies in There videotape there it is budget on this one didn't have any numbers for the budget box office was 11.5 million u.s flick metrics gives it a 73% Cinema Score. I uh, did not find a score for Cinema Score. Um, starring Christian Slater as Mark Hunter. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Broken Arrow. Scott Pollan played Brian Hunter. He was in Turner and Hooch and Teen Wolf. Um, <laughs> let me go back. This is not a political podcast, but I do want to go back for just a second because we we kind of we record these a little bit ahead of time. Um, yes. I do want to say after after saying Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves for Christian mm-hmm. Slater, um, when. The president-elect started announcing some of his cabinet positions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the last name of one of the guys was Blinken. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> it's Blinken <laughs> from Men in Tights? Really? <laughs> and then I heard the first name. I, okay, no, that's – okay, not the same like guy. All right.
2: Not the same guy. All right, good.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. Ellen Green played Jan Emerson. She was in Little Shop of Horrors and One Fine Day. Samantha Mathis played Nora De Niro. She was in American Psycho and The Strain. Uh, Cheryl Pollock played Paige Woodward. She was in Art House and Alien Nation. Mimi Kennedy played Marla Hunter. She was in the TV shows Dharma and Greg and Mom. Uh, Annie Ross, who died in 2020, uh, died this year. Played Principal Loretta Cresswood. She was in Superman 3 and Throw Mama from the Train. I For a moment there, I could not, like, I knew I could tell her face. And I mm-hmm. had seen this movie before a long time ago. And I just couldn't picture I was like, why does she seem so familiar and so creepy to me? Because she was the sister in Superman 3. There it is. The one that turns into the robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was it. Like, it, it took me a while. But I was like, oh, that she, for some reason... Mm, I'm not saying principals are creepy cause we work with several. Um, yep. but I'm just saying, I'm like, there's something about her that is just throwing me off a little bit. And I cannot remember where I've seen her before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Hampton played Arthur Watts, the FCC officer. And he was the dad in Teen Wolf. And he was also in the longest yard. In Arizona, an introverted and insightful teenager, Mark Hunter, played by Christian Slater, finds an outlet for his viewpoints through a shortwave radio. Broadcasting as Hard Harry, Hunter uses his pirate radio show to rant against the injustices and hypocrisies taking place in the area and society in general. Hunter conceals his off-air identity, but a determined student, played by Samantha Mathis, discovers the truth while Principal Cresswood, played by Annie Ross, seeks to shut down Hunter once and for all.
0: Think so loaded, everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Think about it. Everything's polluted the environment, everybody, the government, the schools you name it. Good guys, we we're on uh, 92 everybody, FM tonight, it feels like
1: a nice, clean little office. band. No one else is using it, and price is right.
0: Are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, of course I'm listening. There's nothing to
1: do anymore. And all the great themes
2: have been used up, turned into theme parks. So I don't really find it exactly cheerful to be living in a totally, like, exhausted decade where there's nothing to look forward to and no one to look up to. He's got a pirate radio station. Nobody knows who he is. I, I could be
0: that anonymous nerd sitting across from you. You, know, when you turn around and he just looks away. never looks back at you again. This is a song for the 90s Welcome to Dorina Sitchell, may I take your order please? Yeah I want.
2: That was deep Uh. I like the idea that a
0: voice can just go somewhere Uninvited, like a
2: dirty thought in a nice clean
0: mind I know you, not your name but your game Come to me or I'll come to you. So you are him. Yes, who? It's me again with a little attitude for all you out here in white bread land. It's 10 o'clock. Do you care where your parents are?
2: This radio person is the whole problem. Are we going to allow this guy to be heard
0: by anyone who can turn a dial? In jail! I'm gonna stay here. Mm. I like it
2: here. <laughs> and He's trying to tell you that there's something wrong with this school. You're in the jail! You're not hey,
1: supposed what, to be here. What do you here? want to slam me Come on, Bill, I'm a big fan of you! Get out! Get out!
0: Get out out of control why not do something crazy it makes a hell of a lot more
1: sense than blowing your
0: brains
1: out FCC you know what that means
0: this phone call has been traced this is my life you're screwing around with here you know
1: not anymore it isn't this is everyone's life Mark you can't leave it like this you out there you listening I feel like this is one of those movies that, you know, if, if you watch this and you were younger and especially with the way the movie ends, like the modern take on this would be you get your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Like you get your own podcast. You just you get on there and you talk and you <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't know what the modern equivalent would be for kids. Because thinking about this movie, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, um, you know, the basic idea is, you know, he's a high school kid and he's able to disguise his voice. He's got his own radio show that he runs, you know, maybe for five minutes, maybe for two hours. Um, And he just kind of he just kind of talks and all the kids are listening. And it just, you know, before the idea of something going viral, it goes viral. Um, And I don't know what the modern equivalent to this would be. I don't know if it would be like kids posting stuff on tiktok i don't know i don't know i don't know what it would be um you know it seems like so much of the stuff so much of the ways that kids now are communicating are so short form like it's it's very quick and it's very it's almost just sound bites whereas in this movie like he goes he goes deep into the issues and or at, at at some points he goes deep into the issues. Sometimes he just glosses over them and, and does them for comedic effect. But, um, mm. you know, just to, just to get a rise or a laugh out of people. Um, I don't know what the modern equivalent would be. I've been trying to think about that.
2: Yeah, it, I I think I don't, man, I don't know social media or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all I can say is just, you know, some of the things that I noticed that happens in this, that we'd need, to make it like the modern equivalent. And I think, I mean, it would be something where there's a lot of commentary, and but there's also a little bit where like the listeners can kind of shout back. Right. So, you know, cause he can get letters and they, mm-hmm. you know, they send him letters and he makes phone calls and stuff. Um, So it would have to be kind of like a, you know, like a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. But then in the same token, this whole this whole radio thing is it's different, like you said, because he's like just philosophizing, right? He's like talking through things. It's in the moment. It's not, you know, and obviously that's kind of the knock. I, I don't know I don't know the social media. So maybe you can do this what but it's like you can type or retype or delete and add words. And, you know, you can kind of craft it a little bit more. He's like going in the moment. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see it, that it's kind of like a difference. And I I don't want to fall into the get off my lawn kind of thing. um, And belittle. and I don't want to say just teens or or just high school kids of this generation, you know what I'm saying Uh, at all? But like, like people now, I, I think it's all, everything is on demand and you listen to it when you want. Right. In that time it was like, dude, you gotta be on, you gotta be listening. Yeah. You could get a tape in and record it, but you know, it's not like on demand where now everything is on demand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a different aspect of it as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I tried to lay out some similarities and some differences and I I think there's other ways that kids communicate, but I just don't know that they communicate in that way. Yeah. Just like picking out movies or finding CDs or albums. You used to get word of mouth. You should check this album out. mm -hmm, So you go to the store and you talk to the person that knows music and says, well, they just released this new one and here's this, or you might like this, you know, it was like a different experience. People still listen to music, but it's a different experience. What movie do I watch? Oh, the next one that's in my queue because some algorithm like, or logarithm or some other kind of item like determined, well, the last 10 movies I watched was this. So now I'm recommending this. It used to be, you go to the thing and the blockbuster guy was like, all right, what are you into action? All right. Well, have you heard about the new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? You might really like it, but there's also this other thing. If you, you know, I mean, it was just
1: a different experience.
2: Yeah. So
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if the modern equivalent would be like YouTube. Yeah. Because I don't know that I feel or or Twitch or some of the like kids play video games uh might stream on Twitch, but you know, you've got a couple of years ago when I was still teaching summer school classes, like some of the some of the popular classes were kids were asking questions like, Well, what, do, what like if I wanted to be on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. or if I wanted to be a Twitch streamer or, you know, whatever it might be, like how would I how would I go about doing that. Like what's the, so actually I, I had set up a summer school class that was all right. Well, if you want to know the basics of getting yourself a YouTube channel set up, here's what you'd have to do. Like here's the background work that you'd have to do to get that set up. And that was the funny thing it was so many kids, they just wanted to get on and talk You know, they Mm -hmm. wanted, they wanted to treat it kind of like this movie with the radio channel is like, they just want to sit down in front of the microphone or they just want to sit down in front of the camera and they just want to talk or be goofy or do pranks or whatever. And uh, they didn't actually want to do any of the background work. So my summer school Mm -hmm. class was a little bit of a struggle (laughs) because I had all this stuff of like all right, well, you guys are going to have to come up with an idea that's unique to you, and you're going to have to come up with, you know, you're probably going to need to write some things down. You know I mean, if you can do it off the cuff, great, but a lot of people you can't do that at first. So, you know, you may need to figure out those ideas, and I can help you with that, but some of the background stuff, like technically... How do you sign up for a YouTube channel? Are you old enough to sign up for a YouTube channel? Um, yeah. Do you want to do audio and video or just audio or, you know, so there was some of that stuff and they were like, Oh, this is so boring. I don't want to do this part. And I'm like, well, okay. What, okay. What do you think it takes to <laughs> like uh, even the simplest platform? I mean, there are some things, if you want this to be something that's of a good quality um, you know, even my own children. John at one point in time, like he's got a, uh, I think he's got a Twitch stream set up so that when he's playing his, uh, you know, NBA 2K 21 video game, um, or when he used to play Fortnite or, you know, some of those other games, um, you know, he'll stream live on there. And I, I've gone on and I've watched him a few times when he does that. Um, you know, and he, so he's kind of commenting on the game as he's playing and, and stuff like that. Uh, Nora loves podcasts, So she's been asking me, she's like, can I do my own podcast? Like I want to do a Harry Potter podcast. And I was like, yeah, I mean, there's some setup stuff we've got to do to get that up and running, but sure you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I feel like there's maybe not for everybody, but I feel like there's still some kind of a desire out there for kids to be able to, or, or, you know, teenagers or whatever, to be able to just get some stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Like something that they've created, maybe not everybody, like maybe not everybody wants to get out there and, you know, put their work out there. But, you know, I feel like in some way that's still there. And so that's why you've got all these young kids, you know, if you, you ask, I want to say it was like three years ago, if you asked, uh, middle school from like middle school to high school kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like a lot of them were like, I want to be a YouTuber. Mm Mm-hmm then I get to like try new stuff and I like to, get, I get to unbox things before anybody else gets them and I don't have to really do any work. I can just go on YouTube and I get millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's yeah. There's probably like two, <laughs> two people
0: yeah.
1: that get the millions of dollars, but yes, I, I understand. And yes, there are things you can do that will get you to that point. And, and yeah. uh, as I'm saying all this, I realize I'm probably sounding like one of the adults in this movie.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, because I think that's, that's human nature, right? It doesn't matter what generation, Mm -hmm. right? And there's adults that'll do that too. You know, people, people want the payoff just they don't see the hard work to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I want to be an actor and be in the movies. Well, you don't realize that you got to take like, all these side jobs and all these, you know, you got to work your way in. You got to get, get turned down for a lot of roles. You got to persevere to, to get there, you know? Oh man. I just want to be a YouTube influencer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, no one knows who you are. So how do you think they're going to send you stuff? You you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's, I'm not, that's not just this generation. Like every Mm -hmm. generation goes through that, you know? And the thing too, about this movie is the kid that was doing this wasn't, I mean, the part of what the made the movie so compelling is that he was intelligent. He was a really smart guy. He, obviously you look at his basement, he spent a lot of time getting that whole thing figured out and Mm -hmm. set up and all that. So it's not like he's just like, Oh, I'm just going to talk like, no, he had it all thought out. And I mean, planned out. and he had a quick system for hiding it all too. And a very quick system for hiding it, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, exactly. One second, hang on. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I, I, yeah, I. And I also think now, we maybe, we maybe swung like the pendulum has swung. Um, it's sort of like, hey, there's a guy that's like speaking out where everyone else has like undercurrents, you know. Now I feel like everybody's speaking out and everybody knows everybody's undercurrents. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like back then he was, he was, you know, speaking up where, you know, and, and was trying to shine a light on something. Now I think because everything's on social media and everybody posts everything, we all know how we're feeling. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like the pendulum has swung the other way. Mm -hmm. And like the people that we choose to listen to have to, I mean, they have to put in the time. They have to have it be something that other people want to listen to. Cause there's just so much stuff. Yeah, There's so much clutter. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. yeah. back in 1990, you'd go home and what would you do? You'd watch TV or talk on the phone or read a book or listen to music and, you know, but now you can go home and you can just like get lost in the internet, looking up and wasting time with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or you could watch TV or read a book or listen to music, but there's also this other thing that can be pretty addicting. And a lot of it's social media. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said? <gasps> and so-and-so said this about so-and-so.
1: Mm-hmm. And, <sighs> or you could do a movie podcast with your buddies yeah, man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like this, I feel like a movie like this. Cause I, I remember watching this movie probably back in like early high school. Um, and I don't know that I've watched it again since then. i I remembered most of it. Um, but I don't think I've watched it again since then, but it's kind of like, you know, I, I always love the idea of like, man, to have your own radio station. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. Like it th- I, I always loved, I mean, as anybody who's listened to any episode of this podcast knows, I love good morning Vietnam. Mm Um, this movie, I really enjoy this movie. Uh, you know, almost any example of a, of a place where, you know, a a kid has a radio or they have like their own way of like, you know, Wayne's world, they've got their own cable access channel. Um, you know, all that stuff was always as a kid. I thought that was so cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember in eighth grade, we did a project where we, we had these different stations in our um, shop class Mm -hmm. and one of the stations or a couple of the stations were to build a bridge um, down in the actual shop area out of wood that had to hold a certain amount of weight. And then at the different rotations you'd rotate up into like the computer lab was upstairs from the woodworking shop. And there were some different computer programs you could do. One of the stations was a dual tape deck, couple of microphones and all you had to bring was a blank cassette tape and you had to come up with your own radio station. Cool. And that was my absolute favorite. Like the one, yeah. the one that I was just waiting for, like I build a bridge. I don't care. I do to build stuff. Um, even the computer games It's like computer. I don't care about the computer games. I want to get to that one. Like, when do I get to get to that one? And some buddies and I, like we ended up recording, I think I still have it somewhere. We ended up recording a, uh, we pretended that it was an all request radio station and we'd have like celebrities call in mm-hmm. and so, and we do the different voices. And of course it's a bunch of middle school kids trying to do voices. And, right. um, you know, in, in, actually some, I've, I've listened to it not that long ago. And some of it is still kind of funny. Uh, uh-huh. some of it is very much of its time. And, uh, some of it is very much middle school, middle school humor. Mm-hmm. But I I just remember that was the most fun I feel like I've ever had. And in that situation I was, and, and that's where it kind of fits. So like this movie really gets, I think it really gets teenagers. Well, yeah, because in this movie, he's a new kid. He just moved from the East coast. The East coast is very different from Arizona. You know, he's really? feeling, he's feeling like he can't, you know, I can't talk to anybody cause they don't talk about the same things. They don't, they don't know the same stuff, like all that. And I recall that when I did this with my friends in eighth grade, I had just moved from England to Southwest Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's very different. Like the same stuff, the same TV shows that I used to talk to my friends about, the same stuff we used to joke about, all that other stuff. I, none of that works here. Yeah. Because these kids don't know what Red Dwarf is like these kids don't watch doctor who these kids don't you know <clears throat> all that stuff they don't know this shop they don't know this you know restaurant they don't know so it's it, you know just that that whole thing of i don't know that i have anybody else i can talk to and but then you get a situation where you've got some kind of an outlet Mm-hmm. And that was something where, when we did this radio show in eighth grade, it actually got to be where we made, we made a couple of copies of it. And then it started getting um, shared with other kids around the school. And then all of a sudden, like everybody's listening to it. Cool. To a point where <clears throat> some of the people thought, now some of it was, some of it was stuff we could not play, um, you know, for the the general public, the adult public. Um, there were... <laughs> <clears throat> there were a couple of Michael Jackson jokes that might be in poor taste today. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe there was a Lorena Bobbitt joke somewhere in there. Oh, I'm sure, man. So, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we were we were full on eighth graders. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there was a Lorena Bobbitt joke, but it didn't make the cut. Um, and so one point we did end up having like the – we ended up having like an assembly or, or like it was a couple of our classes put together and they actually played it over the loudspeakers. They, they played cool. parts of it over the loudspeakers. It was like, here's a project that has gotten, you know, it's been really popular in the last couple of weeks. And there, there were these three kids in this one class, like the fourth period class. Um, we want to play you a few minutes because it's really funny. and And so for as a kid who had just moved into town, yeah. who didn't have a whole lot of friends, but got recognition this way, it was like, you know what, that's really cool. Yeah. So then you get a sense of like in this movie you get a sense of these kids just want to be heard. Like mm-hmm. are they and at the risk of of getting <laughs> at the risk of getting very deep and very political, uh which I don't necessarily want to do, but um you know, do the kids feel like they're backed into a corner so much that the only thing they can do is rebel and possibly rebel violently? Yes. Yeah. Does that have some implications for the world we live in today? Yes. Am am I saying that that's the right way to do it? Not necessarily. But there's plenty of, (laughs) I mean, whoever wants to take that discussion that far, um, you know, there's plenty of parallels that you can look at. And then in this school situation, um, which I think the director said, um, was it, yes, I I had it right here in front of me, uh, the school in the film. So this is, um, Movie View's Cruel World of Today's Teenage Angst, written by Jamie Portman. Uh, was an article uh, and says, quote, The school in the film, Hubert Humphrey High, was based on a Montreal high school where the director Alan Moyle's sister used to teach that, according to Moyle, had a principal who had a pact with the staff to enhance the credibility of the school scholastically at the expense of the students who were immigrants or culturally disabled in some way or another. Mm -hmm. So, you have situations like that where you have a group of people who are marginalized so much and put upon so much that you get to the point where you feel like, what other recourse do I have? And Mm -hmm. in this, in this movie, the teenage kids are like, well, what other recourse do I have? Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's recognizing that this school has problems. You know, the adults have all the power. We have none of the power. We feel backed into a corner. What do we do? Yeah. And I, I that's why I hesitate to go <laughs> to go too much further with that, because I knew that I know that can get very political. Um yeah. and that can get very, very, very touchy. Um, so I I don't want to go far enough to say that, well, absolutely those kids should have like thrown stuff in the microwave and blown it up and you know, those kind of things, because the the adult in me watches those scenes and goes, Oh, no, there's a better way to handle that. Mm-hmm. there's a better way to handle that. But there is a part of me that also goes, yeah, but in the mind of a teenager, is there a better way to handle that? Well, and, and they'll, they'll, I mean, they'll learn the better way, but <laughs> do they, right. if nobody's teaching them the better way right now? Yeah. And, and I mean, I gotta be honest with
2: you. Like, I mean, that's where it comes down to a a, a piece of leadership You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that idea of, well, just detach and be calm and be still and think this through. Yeah. Usually when someone's angry, that's not what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? That's where, you you know, you're supposed
1: to get a handle on your emotions. What's what's the line in remember the Titans uh, attitude follows leadership, captain?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Attitude reflects leadership. Like every problem. And I'm, I'm quoting on some of the books and I've, I've spoken about it here. You know, I've been listening a lot to, you know, like the Jocko podcast and, and some of these, these individuals that talk about leadership and all that. And I'm not going to wax eloquently. Like I'm an expert. I'm just reading the books and trying to pick up on it. But like one of the things he always talks about, is like, every problem is a leadership problem. And it's not just like the leader, you know, you can be a leader from anywhere. You know what I'm saying? You could be a leader, whether you're the head of the household or the eldest child or, Mm -hmm. you know, neither, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, And it's it's usually one of the things he talks about is like detaching and thinking through. And when you're, if you're making emotional decisions or angry decisions, you're going to be rash. And that's kind of the thing where, yeah, like to the kid just sticking stuff in the microwave and causing it to explode, um, you can say, You can, and you're right. Like, okay, there's better ways to handle it. But you notice, like, the parents weren't there. The parents' job was to equip her with that better way to challenge it, and to be observant of, okay, she's like, what is going on? Like, there's something not right there, you know. But the parents in this seem largely like not existent or not Mm -hmm.
1: getting it. Is kind of one of the themes with the movie. Yeah, you know. Um, well, and, it, and I mean, you look at this as an adult. I remember watching this as a teenager and thinking, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, a, well, and, and then shocked me because I did not shock me, shock me. Um, I didn't realize that this was directed by the same guy that did Empire Records.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, and I love that movie. And when I think about the, when I think about kind of those, these two Movies together, um, you know, as a teenager, you watch these movies and, and you go, Okay, well, you just, what, what's the line from Empire Records? Um, damn the man, save the empire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I kind of feel like you, you've got the in this movie from the teenage point of view. When I'm watching this as a teenage kid in high school, I'm like, Yeah, no, totally, you gotta rebel. Cause nobody's listening to you, man. And the adults don't get it and they just, and they're not going to get it. Like, unless you, unless you shock them into seeing what's going on, like the adults are not going to listen cause they're clueless. They got their heads so far up somewhere that, you know, they're not even yeah. paying attention. Now that I'm watching this as a, by the time this recording comes, I will be 40. Um, now that I'm watching this as a 40 year old, I'm like, huh? Yeah, that's problematic. <laughs> it's like I'm not there's there is a tiny piece of me that's like I get it I understand your struggle like I I, I I was there like I was a teenage kid too I know I know how that feels but I also know that there's like there's like 25 years of experience beyond that that has led me to see maybe there's a different way to handle it maybe there's a what? better way to handle it
2: And I think the, I think the message that, and I think the message with all the Kevin Smith, um, breakfast club.
1: Yeah. John, Uh, John Hughes,
2: John Hughes. Yeah. I'm thinking Kevin Smith, uh, spoke to a whole different generation, Mm -hmm. but I think, uh, like with the John Hughes movies, I think the idea is no one's saying that to them. Yeah. No one's saying that to them. Right. Like that's, that's kind of the, the, the problem is that no one is leading them away from that Mm -hmm. or. You know, like dealing with their son, you know, he's like, just leave me alone. That's the deal. And everything like that. Like, no one's saying, okay, well, that can't be the deal anymore. And you could get mad and, whatever, but like, we got to switch this up or, Hey, I know you're angry, but like, there's a better way. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. nowhere was that happening now? I don't want to say that, Oh, school systems don't have their problems, but I wonder if that's something that's improved in the 30 years since this movie is that now we, we make that a huge component of Mm -hmm. what we teach, Mm -hmm. at least in the schools that that I've worked in, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a, and could we do more? Maybe, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't want to say we've got it nailed, but I think that whole idea of bullying, the whole idea of, you know, accepting of alternative lifestyles, um, which maybe that's even a dated term to describe them as alternative mm-hmm. lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we're much more open with that. Now there's social emotional Uh, component to our learning. Um, we're in the cold COVID thing. And what has been the constant theme of the COVID thing? Uh, the quarantine is just make sure the kids are okay. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Number one, like we want, and that was not issue. That was not the first thing that you saw depicted in this. Right. Now I don't want to say that no teachers ever cared and, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't ever want to say that because I think, You know, you don't want to speak in the extremes, but I just think overall schools, maybe the people in charge grew up watching these movies and living through the kinds of stuff that was represented here. Mm -hmm. And so now we're trying to change that a little bit. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully the teenage kid that watched Pump Up the Volume and agreed with Pump Up the Volume is now your principal or your superintendent or you know, whatever. (laughs) So, right. Like you said, maybe in watching movies like this, you know, that, that made some changes. Um, I I do like the one you you brought up the pandemic and kind of everything going on with that. And I, I like one of the, I like one of the lines he uses in this movie that I kind of feel like fits really well with what's going on. Like just, just take the whole year of 2020 Mm -hmm. and everything that's gone on in this last year. And the line from the movie, And I think obviously we, we would say it a little bit differently, but I was reading something the other day that just was trying to remind you. It's like, Hey, you know what? It's a messed up situation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's okay to feel sad about stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. Don't let anybody tell you that if you, if you're sad or if you're upset that you didn't get to go on this family vacation, or if you didn't get to see your family at Thanksgiving or you didn't get to have your eighth grade graduation or you didn't get to play football in the fall or whatever the case may be. You don't have to bury that and be like, well, it's a pandemic. So, you know, it's, I just have to deal with it. You you can, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to lament those things. Um, and I was reading something the other day that, that said something like that. And you know, that's something that we tried to talk to my own kids about. Like we had this big family trip. We've never been to Disney world. We mm-hmm. had this big family trip planned for Disney world this year. We've been talking about it for three years that we mm-hmm. were kind of building up to this. And because of this whole thing, we didn't go. And that was kind of a, it was a big deal. Like the kids were really excited about it. We were looking forward to it. We had all these plans. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't happen. And it, up to a certain point, I think the kids are just like, yeah, well, whatever. It just, I guess we'll go later. Um, but I know they're disappointed in it. And we had a friend the other day that said to us, um, you know, I I just really want to, I don't know that you haven't really mentioned this very much, but you guys had a big trip planned and I feel really sad for you guys. And I was like, Oh, well it's, it's not a big deal. They were like, but no, I feel sad for you guys. Like that's a big family thing that you had planned. And I feel sad for those kind of things for like people missing out. Is it like a, is it a first world problem that you didn't get to go to Disney world? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. but that it's okay that those things didn't like, it's okay that you're not happy about that. You're totally fine. It's okay to be not happy about those things. Um, That it's probably better to be honest about not being happy about those things. And the line from the movie is uh, Mark says this when he's on his radio show, feeling screwed up at a screwed up time in a screwed up place does not necessarily make you screwed up. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I'm like, okay, well that's the motto for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you know, and your, I think your guidance I, your it, guidance counselor may word that a little differently, but
2: well, and I think the idea is, you know, there's a discussion there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a talking there. Yeah. You're talking to your kids. You're not talking at your kids. You're teaching your kids how to to communicate the right way, and not just feel like they have to yell and scream and all that, you know what I'm saying? Um, you're learning to listen to what your kids are saying, but then also telling your kids like, Hey, you know, quiet down, just speak to me. Don't yell at me. Let's get through the anger. Let's, you know, like teaching them those strategies and it's a process. It's not one size fits all, you know? And like you said, I mean, like during the pandemic, if if the kids are fine, you don't want to introduce it into their head. Well, you should feel really upset and you should feel sad. If they're, if they're rolling with the punches, then you roll with the punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then there might come a day then all of a sudden, Oh, well, they're really being kind of crabby and they're kind of being like jerky towards their siblings. And, and it's kind of like, well, what's really going on? Then you realize, okay, well, they're kind of upset at the situation, but they're not going to sit there and say, I'm upset at the situation. They're going to like, it's just going to come out in weird ways. And you got to be observant of that. Like, in other words, you got to be engaged. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The other thing, this movie is, uh, this is before the Columbine shooting. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that was one big takeaway that I heard in, you know, just hearing law enforcement and people come to speak to us about that is signs were missed right? They, they, these guys were leaving signs and pieces that, that something bad was going to happen. And we can't do that anymore. As teachers, you got to be like on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be um, looking out for those things and, and, and aware of those things where I don't want to see that. I don't want to say that teachers weren't back then, but maybe just as a culture and a school culture those things weren't focused on, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd have the standout teacher say, Hey, we got to keep an eye on this kid or whatnot, but was it drilled into you? Make sure they feel like, you know, this is their home away from home. Take care of them. You know, if we're going to be tough on them, you know, it's like punish out of anger, but discipline out of love kind of thing. And that's, I, I just wonder if that message is, we're just seeing how that message is different. And it's one of just listen, just listen to the kids, you know, yeah. So, but yeah, if you push someone, if you push someone far enough, they're going to strike back. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and I mean, I, you know, I don't want to, like you said, you don't want to get political. But yeah. Like, well, don't have to get political, but I mean, whether I'm right or wrong, if you get in my face and keep pushing me, I'm going to push back. I mean, you might be bigger and a better fighter and I'm outnumbered and all that, but it doesn't matter if I'm, if you push someone to their limit, they're going to take a swing at you mm-hmm. or push back. I mean, you know, that's, that's, I don't want to say psychology 101, cause that, that would be a gross overgeneralization, but mm-hmm. I see that with my kids, you know, yeah.
1: I, it's human nature. Yeah. 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 It's uh, one of the things I think about this with him and you mentioned John Hughes. I think one of the interesting things about this is we're kind of, we're kind of switching from the John Hughes, you know, let's say early to mid (laughs) eighties, the kids are rebelling, but for the most part in a John Hughes movie, it's kind of a good natured rebelling. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a timid rebelling. And by the time you hit like the late 80s, early 90s, then you start to really get into the, no, they're going to like set some stuff on fire. Mm -hmm. Like, so clearly something has been building, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of get the sense in the 80s movies. It's like, oh yeah, kids are going to rebel because that's what they do. And then it's like, well, good Lord. Now the kids are actually rebel, like physically destructively rebelling, Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was kind of a theme that ran through the rest of the Mm nineties that it was, you know, it was like, it was all good natured fun. You know, even though you did some stuff you weren't supposed to do and you skipped school and you were Ferris Bueller and all these other things. Um, Then you hit the late eighties. You had like Heather's, you know, if you don't bring Christian Slater back into it Um, you had Heather's in 88. I think that Mm -hmm. one was, Mm -hmm. and then you got this one in 90 and then, you know, that it kind of, I feel like in the rest of the nineties, you get more and more movies like this, where it's like the, the kids have had enough
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like you, I, I almost want to say it's like the switch from the eighties stuff to like green day. Uh-huh. I think of like green day and their music and like the, the whole, like almost the whole punk scene too. Um, you know, that, that just kind of like, you're setting the whole thing on fire. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of up in the ante for, you know, the kind of rebelling that kids are going to do, that teenagers are going to do. Yeah. So here's, here's a question. Maybe this kind of ties into some of this other stuff too. Um, I've wondered about this myself a little bit. Do you think, and and this is kind of related to the movie, but just kind of, you know, a little bit in general. um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that, do kids rebel? You know, when you think of like teenage rebellion. There's there's always a theme of like, you know, teenagers rebel because that's what teenagers do. They rebel. Um, Do you think they do that because we put those in our movies? You know, we put rebellion in our movies. So kids look at that and they go, oh, ah, as a teenager, I'm supposed to rebel. Yeah. Or is that a human nature thing that if you grew up on a deserted island, the moment you hit about 12 or 13, you're just naturally going to start rebelling. Is it a nature or a nurture thing? I guess is my question. This, this teenage rebellion.
2: Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sure like there'd have to be like a scientist or something that could tell you, well, there's these chemicals released into the brain Mm. that, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? That like could tell you from like a, like a physiological standpoint, but I think that's, it's just, I think kids are going to do that. They're going to push back and they're going to, they're, they're going to, you know, try to establish like who they are. And and sometimes it's the, well, I'm just gonna do it my way. Um, sometimes it's the, you know, if there's flaws, if 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 the family structure isn't there, if there's some flaws, right, they're gonna push back against that. It could be an influence thing, you know. I mean, I know it's the cliche thing, but you know, who are your kids hanging 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 out with? Mm-hmm. It's 10 o'clock, where are your kids, you know, like, you know, you could get some people you know, you could get some bad influences. I think that could play into it. Um, So, yeah, I I, I always tend to think that those are, you know, a little bit of both. And I think there's some, there's just the natural when you grow up, you're going to push back, whether that's a, you know, politics or you're going to go join the army or, you know, I'm not going to med school. I'm going to be a musician or, you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think, you kind of want to seek your own path. And so I think that's a little bit natural, you know? Um, high school's always, always also like the crazy social thing too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad that like in this movie, they brought up like the one kid that felt bullied as opposed to everything was just, well, the parents and the teachers don't get it kind of thing. But the one kid just says, yeah, I feel bullied. And he doesn't know where to turn, you know? Um, and so I thought that I, I, I think that was cool that they put a little nod into that, but that could be a piece too, you know, like Mm -hmm. friend drama or bullies or other stuff that, like, why do I want to be a part of this? So I didn't quite answer your question, but I I think both of those things will cause you to think that, you know, yeah.
1: So as we go through the rest of the movie, I mean, most of the movie is spent with him trying to uncover or trying to, you know, reveal through his connections with his dad being the commissioner of schools for this area. um, You know, he's able to get a hold of documents and share them on the air related to stuff that's happening in the school. And I will admit, you know, that's something I didn't necessarily pick up on when I watched this as a teenager was that whole kind of backstory Mm -hmm. And honestly, even having watched this movie once before, even though it was many, many years ago, um, that kind of eluded me this time too. Like there was some of the, as I'm watching it and they got to the point of like having this school meeting and the kids, like the kids argument was something is very wrong with this school and they are, you know, kicking kids out for being, um, a, a, a pregnant teenager or they're kicking kids out for, you know, because they are maybe because they're a minority or whatever, like that piece of it, it was probably two thirds of the way through the movie. And then when they started saying that more often, I was like, wait, what? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like that? Oh, did I miss a subplot of this movie? Like I kind of felt like for the first, almost like for the first, at least (laughs) half of the movie, that wasn't an issue. Yeah. And then it feels like it came up all of a sudden and and maybe it was there. Like maybe I would need to go back and rewatch it and see if there were little hints dropped here and there. Cause I know there were at at a couple of different times, but it didn't seem like that really was, was clarified until a pretty decent portion into the movie. And then I was kind of hit with like, Whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah. I, I just thought the kids were frustrated that the adults weren't listening to them. There's actually something like corrupt going on at the school. Oh, okay. I missed that.
2: <laughs> I I gotta be honest. I uh, stop. Did I just cut across you? No, no, no. I that's where the movie kind of fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, and it and it did fall flat. That's where I think like the Breakfast Club does a much better job because in there it's like, what's the issue? It's like this situation that we're in, and they actually explode. They drill down from like the. Well, no, they hit they hit the student relationships too. Like, well, you're not going to invite him with your stoner buddies. You can't be seen talking to her in the hall. What happens if you said you were taking her to the dance and not, would anyone hang out with this kid? You know what I'm saying? Like they hit that and the idea that the adults don't understand. The one kid, you know, the moms, you got to get better grades. The other kid, you know kids are all the best stuff, but the relationship is cool. I'm anyways, they get that in the breakfast club in this one, when they kind of, that's where it fell a little flat when it was like, okay, they're not looking at this holistically. Like what's wrong? Like, why are the kids just, you know, all the angst is coming out. They're looking at it. Like, um, there's, you know, there's the bad guys Right. The the principal and the her assistant principal are like the mustache twirling villains. <laughs> we're throwing out the test scores and we're throwing out the students, too. <laughs> yeah. Was kind of like where it went. And I was like, oh, shoot, because no, let's explore. Like, why are these kids so angry? Like get into that relationship or get, you know. And I thought that I thought the movie would have really been much more powerful if they would have explored it from that standpoint and not this acute, like, okay, they're just evil people that are doing evil things and laughing maniacally in their faculty meetings. You know Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that kids get smacked around in schools back in the day. I don't know if it was happening 30 years ago, but like when the one guy like started punching the one kid that had been expelled, and then there was no recourse for that. Like, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a little over the top. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that, th- those <clears throat> at that point, unfortunately, the principal and the assistant principal kind of became cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, even I, the, and I'm sorry, I'm going no. long winded, but even the, the teacher that they liked, she became the cardboard cutout. Right. It mm-hmm. was like, here's the young, good teacher. Right. And and then the guidance counselor, the
1: one whole I, I would like I would like to just point out they're always the English teacher.
2: They're always the English teacher. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um
1: the um there's, there's a reason I didn't teach math. <laughs>
2: that's that's <laughs> it. Well then it was the guidance counselor, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like he was kind of the punching bag, he was the punchline. And it was like, yeah, okay, he's the man, you know, if he doesn't get it, there was the one point when he was kind of on the principal's side and he turned around when the principal's like, wow, that's, and he's like, whoa, wait, what? No, we're not like, you're going to do what Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I forget what the incident was, but it, it was sort of like, you know, the scene in, in Braveheart when he's like, you know, archers launch and it's like, well, we're going to hit some of our men. Yeah. Well, we'll kill some of them too. Mm You know, but the guy's like, wait, what are we doing
0: mm-hmm.
2: that? I thought, oh man, give us more of that. Yeah. Give us more, like the, but they didn't really expand on that. They just made the principle. I got the best test scores. Yeah. Well, you ruin these kids' lives, but I've got the bad test scores. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought that kind of weakened it a little bit,
1: you know? Yeah, I, I I think I agree with you on that. Like I I enjoy this movie. I like this movie. Yes, but that Great is movie. probably the weakest part to me is the the whole subplot of the adult corruption. Yeah, of the school because you and I like your I like your comparison with Breakfast Club. Yeah, because in the Breakfast Club, I feel like you know, do you have the principal who's overbearing and has put all these kids in detention <laughs> on a Saturday when they really probably don't need it. Yeah. Uh- Sure, you do. Um, but it's not like, you know, it, it's because he's kind of a jerk. It's mm-hmm. not because the system is corrupt. You know, you've, you've got the line, you know, what, does, what does Bender say? The one line, screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. Yeah. Um, you know, but I feel like if you were to take Bender and and take that line and put it into this movie, it would be like, hey, screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. And you know what? School and and principals and guidance counselors— I bet you loosened the screws so that they would fall out on purpose, and I, and then it turns into this conspiracy. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if it's again not to get I, political, but I don't know if it's just 2020, and I'm sick and tired of conspiracies. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just not that you not that you shouldn't confront corruption mm-hmm. when when you see it and when it's apparent. Um, not that it shouldn't be uncovered and things like that. But in terms of a movie like this, I think even though I do like, I I really like Pump Up the Volume. I like this movie. I like Breakfast Club better because Mm -hmm. from that teenager perspective, it's more about the interpersonal relationships.
0: Yeah.
1: And yes, do you, especially as a high school kid, are you really, are you starting to look outside of yourself and see what's going on in the world and try to confront problems and, and find a cause that you fit with and things like that? Absolutely you are, but there's still the biggest piece is that trying to fit in and like trying to figure out, you know, what group do I go with? What, you know, who are my friends who are that kind of stuff. And that's what I really like about breakfast club. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you made that comparison because I kept thinking about that in my mind. I was like, "There's something about pump up the volume. It's got that. Um, it, it's it's kind of like I almost want to say it's a little bit like V for Vendetta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like at the end of V for Vendetta, my my brother and I went to go see V for Vendetta when it was in the theaters, and we saw it in IMAX. Mm-hmm. And when you watched the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben blow up. Mm-hmm. And you have the the 1812 overture being played at the end of that movie. I remember standing up when the credits started rolling in that IMAX movie theater. And I looked at my brother and I said, man, that makes me want to go blow something up. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go rebel right now. I don't know what for. Like, if there's no revolution going on. I, I want to join a revolution. Like, it's one of those movies that, like, you know, there's there's heart to it. And it just, it drives you into, yeah, I, I want to go do that now. This movie, and maybe, maybe it's because I'm older now, um, this movie is like, it it will drive you to that. It'll be like, yeah, you got to rise up. You got to do this. But I'm not sure. I don't know that I feel the same heart and soul mm-hmm. that I feel from Breakfast Club. Well, Breakfast it, Club to me is a much more meaningful, soulful movie Mm -hmm. than pump up the volume pump up the volume is an inspiring movie. Mm -hmm. I'd give it that, but I don't know that the heart and soul is there. Well,
2: and that's the thing is like you said, the conspiracy theories, but in this movie, it was a conspiracy theory, right? Like Mm -hmm. there was the big conspiracy that that's the thing. It was like, uh, and I forget the progression that you said, you know, where it's, uh, you know, a political where you're tired of conspiracy theories and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know, something is not right here. I'm sorry. I wish I could go back and get exactly what you said, but that's the thing where, like I said, with this movie, it it seemed to kind of fall flat on its face, excuse me, and seem a little bit more isolated as a movie, as opposed to something that's like a, Oh man, that's, that's a good point. We better like look into this type of thing is because it was like, the principle was a, bad guy. And the assistant principal was a bad guy and they were doing horrible things. And once you do that, once you go down that route, then it's, then it's just the conspiracy theory and the kids will rise up and it just kind of becomes almost like an action movie at that point. You know, I mean, it's like, here are the bad guys and we've got to defeat them or uncover them or or whatnot. And again, it's, it's, if you want it to be something that really sticks with you, don't make it be, Oh, well they were kicking kids out and there's something wrong here and we have to uncover it, make it be like, they're not listening to us and they need to listen to us. Okay. Well, what are you saying? Well, let's see, this kid feels bullied and there's no place that he can go. I don't feel like I fit in and no one's asked me if I'm okay. Um, These people are, you know, pregnant and their parents are going to kick them out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's some like real issues there that we need to deal with. And Oh, by the way, we have, this kid's a loner has been quiet and been drawing some pretty crazy pictures in his notebook. We haven't checked if he's okay. And Oh yeah, he's bringing a gun to school. You know, I mean, it's like going that route would be you know, you don't get the easy, you know, clean, oh, <laughs> the principal did it, the bad guy. But I think you'd get a movie that just kind of fits in a little bit, fits in a little bit better. That, mm-hmm. That's not what I'm trying to say. A movie that applies a little bit more to real life. Mm-hmm. This seemed like a fictional tale, you know? Yeah. Like that's the takeaway. The principal was the bad guy and the kid had to pay for it. Right. Right. Make it be just the lack of communication, the lack of introspection is -hmm. the bad guy. And then you will watch. I mean, that was the breakfast club, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, um, the the dean that was watching over them, you know, he was the tough guy. I've got my eye on you. You know, I've got Mm -hmm. you here every week. And he stood up to Bender and yeah, Bender, I've got you next week. Take another, take another. Do You want more? all right, bub. you know what? Why don't you put one right here? Why don't you punch me? Remember all the tough guy talk Mm -hmm. and he had his chest puffed out and he walked away and he sat down and he was like, yeah. And I put that bender kid in his place. And then all of a sudden he took a deep breath and you saw him shrink a little bit. And it was like, I, I might be way off, but I saw a little bit of the guilt come then Mm -hmm. right for the Dean. Like, man, I just totally lost my stuff with this kid and I'm supposed to be the adult. And then you get the other, that great scene where the janitor comes in and he's like, yeah, the kids have changed. And the custodian's just like, no, they haven't. You've changed. The kids haven't changed. Kids yeah. are kids. Yeah. And he's just like, I mean, there were no easy answers there. And you saw even the quote unquote bad guys are, dude, he's just trying to struggle and figure it out too. Yeah. You know? Whereas this guy was just like, what? And he's slugging people, you know? hmm Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like.
1: Uh, that was the low hanging fruit. Well, and you still had, you know, in this movie, in this movie, you still had, no matter what the kids did, that's, and I, I guess I don't want to keep necessarily comparing it to breakfast club, but I think it's a good example. Um, in the breakfast club, their issues, the problems that they were having, they worked them out with each other. Mm. Like they worked these problems out and you could see them work it out. And to me, like that, that brought, more maturity. Like the, the kids matured over the course of breakfast club, you know, it, it, one Saturday in detention together and they matured, like they grew as people and they worked through some of their issues. And, you know, it was, it was something where it just felt more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, Um, the kids are really just, I mean, they're, they're kind of just trashing stuff Mm -hmm. and all that really does. And and maybe I'm reading this wrong. All that really does is it gets the attention of the adults to the point where then the adults can go, Oh wait, I guess there's something wrong. Okay. Now we can fix it. And the adults fix the problem Mm -hmm. because the kids, I don't think the kids have fixed the problem. It still takes the adults to fix the problem. Whereas what I do like about breakfast club is. Are there some things that adults need to do differently? Sure. Are the adults necessarily going to change in these kids' lives? Like is Bender's dad going to be less abusive? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, but can Bender find a way to <sighs> exist and to be able to maybe like get out of that situation and maybe – you know, open up a little bit to someone who cares about him and that kind of stuff. Did they, did he work through some of that so that he comes out the other end, um, you know, better off for it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In breakfast club, in this movie, the only sense you get, like there's, there's almost no, there's no resolution to this movie because you don't see what happens to them after they get carted off by the police. Mm-hmm. You just hear that a bunch of other kids have started up their own radio stations. And so this movie is almost almost like, all right, the fight is just beginning. Mm-hmm. But what's been resolved?
2: And what's, the, and, yeah, exactly. And that would, my question would be, well, what's the fight against? Right. I mean, are we fighting against, if we're fighting against the... Are we fighting against know- boredom? Or are we fighting against... Yeah. And and I mean, it's like, we're angry about something and I, I'm not, I'm not saying that in, and again, we're, it's hard because we're talking about this movie and then we're talking about this movie as an, is allegory the right word An allegory for real life or a proxy for real Mm -hmm. life. Maybe that's better. You know, and in real life, the, the question is, okay, are we listening to our kids and understanding that they have social, emotional needs and understanding that you know, we've got to understand them. We can't just, you know, whack them upside the head and say, you know, pay attention, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, we have to learn how to build relationships with kids a little bit more, right? Yeah. That's real life. In this movie, what did we learn? Okay, well, we have to stop the evil principle. And, and, And her band of you know, henchmen teachers. I mean, it, it, that's what this movie's telling us. And that's where it just kind of falls flat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can take things from it and just be like, yeah, like in real life, kids will push back and you know, kids aren't happy, you know, we gotta, but I mean, I, I'm just going to keep coming back to it. And, and I, I know that this was the one that made it in the headlines and I, I don't want to speak callously but i mean i think if you weren't going to make a powerful statement um you know this faded and like you said this faded he got arrested and it was like like what's our long-term takeaway nothing really it was all to this movie there wasn't like a big takeaway of you know taking you know you got to take care of
1: people and everything like that i mean and is life going to be better for these kids based on what they did? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think so. I, will there, will the issues be cleared up at their school? Uh, maybe. Principal's probably going to get fired. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like their individual lives, like I, I, I keep, we keep using breakfast club, but I'm like at the end of that movie, they leave and they're better off for having spent that Saturday in detention.
2: Well, and you know what you really don't even develop. you don't really even I hate to say it, you really don't even develop these characters. Mm-hmm. Like why was he so upset just moving to a new place? I mean, right. his relationship didn't like go downhill with his parents just this year that he moved right right that that's got to build from somewhere, right. So what was what was his deal um, you know, the kid that was expelled, like what was his deal? Like you got to teach us these kids so that we, as the audience in real life, have some kind of a takeaway that we can then apply to, to our lives. Breakfast Mm -hmm. Club did that, right? You got to know all those characters Mm -hmm. and they had some great scenes, you know, where they're all sitting there going around and, or just their interactions or, you know, each one of the scenes in that movie revealed more about who those kids were till the, till the end when they, they break into, okay, well, this is what it's like at home. This is why I'm under pressure, right? Oh, you think you've got it easy. Here's my pressure. And Mm -hmm. here's, you know, and then it even goes further where, you know, then they start to feel remorse about some of the things that they feel like they're forced. The bottom line is you, they develop the characters in, And there's no, like, super evil plot. It's just that they're stuck in a system and the adults are stuck in a system and and it's just just not working for them.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? So our takeaway is, man, we got to do better with this. In this movie, okay, he's stuck in a system. They're stuck in a system. And I'm going to repeat myself. Sorry, podcasting audience. (laughs) But, oh, it's... The system is created by the evil adults that are cheating on test scores and kicking kids out. I mean, and it's like, okay, well, I don't have a takeaway now. I mean, what do I do with my kids when they're in high school? Well, make sure that the, you know, principal's not throwing kids out of school Mm -hmm. and cheating on test scores. I mean, that, that doesn't that doesn't help me. That doesn't lead me to say, man, as Dominic gets to that age, I got to make sure I'm watching and reaching out and mm-hmm. not crowding him, but just, Hey, who are you hanging out with? Right. Hey, how are you doing with that? This movie doesn't tell me to do that. Right. Which is kind of what I was hoping it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything
1: else we want to say before we jump into three questions?
2: talk too much, man.
1: I'm sorry. You got to like edit half my it's, stuff out. It's, if, if, number one, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you don't talk, <sighs> then it's just, it's like a bunch of dead air. Yeah. I don't want it to be dead air either. No, no you're good. You're good. All right. Um, good movie. Like I, I feel like, you know, kind of criticized the movie a little bit, but um, you know, I think I only criticized because there were some pieces of it that I wanted to have develop more. Um, mm-hmm. but otherwise I enjoy the movie. Like really like it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's one of those I've, that like the reason I, one of the reasons I have a podcast is because of movies like this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's just, I, I, like- I find that to be a fun way to talk about stuff you love and you know, but it's like this good morning, Vietnam, like some of those other movies, like that's the reason why this is something I enjoy doing. Yeah. And I mean,
2: all the, the the characters, like the kids portrayed in there, no one was so over the top. They were a caricature. Right. I mean, I thought that was really well played yeah. out. I thought, you know, it's showing like the press kind of going for the splash. I thought that was played out. I
1: thought Shep Shepard.
2: <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought his kind of split personality where, hey, I'm comfortable on the radio, but like at school, I'm just. I mean, you talk about like playing regular dude, Christian Slater had that nailed,
1: you know, when he he was at school, he could have totally, if they wanted to make a Superboy movie when Christian Slater was young, he could have totally done Superman Clark Kent. Yeah.
2: And, and to be honest, I liked the relationship, like where he met his girlfriend. I liked seeing Mm -hmm. that develop, you know, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool and pretty believable
1: and yeah. 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 All right. If you have not watched pump it up or pump up the pump it up. Uh, (laughs) What is this movie even called? Pump up the jam. If you have not watched pump (laughs) up the jam, pump pump it up. Oh my God. What time is it, Pat? It's tomorrow. It's (laughs) tomorrow. When will then be now? That's right. All right. Before we forget who we are and what we're doing here and what this movie is called, let's do three questions.
2: He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions.
1: It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question.
0: I want to ask you a bunch of questions.
2: I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for
1: having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Any attempts to cheat much like my, okay. Um, all right. So question number one, what (sighs) is or was your favorite radio show? I don't know if I want to say I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but back in the day, rock one Oh three, five. Man cow in the morning, man cow in the morning, the free speech, radio network, free speech, radio network <laughs> Man cow and turd. And yeah. Turd. Wait,
2: rock one Oh three, five. Yeah. Was our, we had, this wasn't up by Chicago, was it? Yeah. Okay. Cause rock one Oh three, five for a while. It was one Oh three, five, the blaze.
1: Oh, I don't remember Do that.
2: Remember, oh, you don't remember one Oh three, five, the blaze. No, that was like all like metal. And okay. it was wonderful. It was glorious. Okay. So Man Cow was yeah, your. I,
1: when, when, when I moved up here, it was, um, yeah, it was just called Rock 1035. And it was, uh, was it Man No, it was Man Cow's Morning Madhouse. That's what it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. That was the official name. That was it, huh? Yeah. I, um,
2: so that's your number one. That would probably be my number one. Yeah. So you don't have like 10 that you need to whittle down?
1: Um, no. <sighs> Shoot. No. Yeah. I just, I just went on, I went onto the Wikipedia page and I was like, uh, I was like, okay, I gotta, let me, let me see if I can remember who the different characters were. And I was like, yeah, there was turd. There was freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Irma, uh, Cowboy Ray.
2: Am, am I allowed, like, can we say music shows or no? Yeah, go for it. All
1: right. DJ love cheese. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I liked, you know, growing up, I loved Dick Biondi. Uh-huh. Um, cause he'd do the Friday, I think Friday night, fifties, fifties, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was always good. Um, then getting into listening to. Everything on um oh, shoot, what was it called? 979. The loop. The loop mm-hmm. did yeah. a lot of talk, right? Yeah. So I remember listening to Kevin Matthews in the morning. Remember that with Jim Shorts? Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Bonducci. Um, Danny Boniducci was was great. And then um I never listened to Mankow very much. But those, but I'd say that Kevin Matthews and Danny Bonaduce and I remember there was a group at school. Like we'd always talk about, like you know what we heard and what we listened to. And I'd I'd go to sleep listening to the talk guys. And I think Danny Bonaduce was like on late night. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I remember listening to the radio a whole bunch. Um, I'm trying to think of what other shows. Do we keep it as a kid, or can I get into adulthood? Oh no, you can get into adulthood. Yeah. I mean, let's talk like car talk. Yeah. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, Under the Influence is another really cool one. Yeah, um, There used to be this old show on um, one of the other public radio ones. It was, I think, through college at DuPage, the jazz channel. And it was Saturday night, uh, blues,
0: mm-hmm.
2: blues before sunrise. And you it would start around nine or 10 o'clock at night and go till two or three in the morning, I think. And it was like, all blues. And I remember listening to that. Like I'd find that in high school and then I'd tune into that and same thing, get back from Saturday night. And it didn't matter what time you got back. Yeah. Well, it did matter if you didn't want to get, you know, in trouble. That's so true. you get back and then you put on blues before sunrise on the mm-hmm. weekends. That was great. Um, the Dr. Demento radio hour was great. Yeah. Um, um, used to listen his- to,
1: uh, used to listen to what was his name on WGN, John Williams on WGN.
2: I don't know if I listen much to John Williams.
1: Okay. Yeah. I remember listening to him quite a bit. I think my wife listened to him a lot too. Okay. We always liked his segment. That's cool. Dan Aykroyd used to do the syndicated um,
2: uh, uh, Elwood Blues Radio Hour. Did you ever listen to the Elwood Blues one? No. Broadcasting from the back of a 67, you know, or um, I think I'm mixing up my intros. But yeah, yeah, Dan Aykroyd had a syndicated show and he, he would do blues and I would check that out. Um, so yeah, Dr. Menno, that the blues before sunrise, Danny Bonaducci every night, mm-hmm. um, during the week, during the week.
1: Yeah. And then, um, and so much of the stuff that now would be on the radio, I listen to it as a podcast. Yes. So like so much of it, I don't ever, I don't think I ever listen to the radio anymore. I've I, never, I, I can't even think of the number of times I could count on less than two hands. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, on, on two hands, I could count the number of times I probably have listened to the radio in my car in the last 10 years. Yeah. I, Cause it's mostly it's, been podcasts, but some of it's like NPR stuff. Some of it's like right. stuff out right. of New York city out of, yeah. So I agree. I think for me, like the podcast, um, thing
2: has kind of evolved into that. Cause I listen to the shows mm-hmm. that I would be listening to on the radio. There's a great one with Wisconsin public radio called, um, I'm forgetting it with Richard Overby Mm. and it's all about world music. Um, and it's on, and you can't get it as a podcast. You can listen to replays of the show, uh, higher ground with Richard Overby and it does music from around the world. And they, it's like a three or four hour show every Saturday night. And that's a really good show.
1: Is it the road to higher ground with Jonathan Overby? What did I say? Richard Overby? Richard Overby, yeah. Oh, shoot. Yes. Jonathan Overby. <laughs> okay. The Road to Higher Ground. Yeah. I was looking that's it up real it. quick. It's, yeah, The Road to Higher Ground with Jonathan Overby.
2: Yeah, man. That's okay. some pretty fantastic stuff. Nice. I mean, he puts some great, he puts a real eclectic thing of music together. So I like that stuff. Nice. Um, so I'd say, yeah, all those guys that I'm listening, okay. I'd, I'd say that. And you can still...
1: You know, a lot of the public radio you
2: can you know, get with the podcasts and
1: everything. Yeah. Um, I oh. If we were going that route, then I would include like This American Life and yeah. uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and, you know, like a, lot of, a lot of that stuff.
2: I'm going to say, I'm going to say, though, The Prairie Home Companion. Mm, mm-hmm. I listen to that so much. And I know yeah. that I know Garrison Keillor kind of <laughs> fell out of favor because of. <laughs> you know, some questionable things and all that. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to understate it. I don't want to mm-hmm. overstate it. I've read a lot of his books and I remember driving up to Eau Claire, you know, you know, leaving home and feeling sad. And then I get up to college, you know, cause I, you know, miss Tammy and miss my family horribly. And then I get to college and it was such a great, wonderful group of friends. It was a family. Every time I'd leave college I'd be like sad and crying and everything like this kind of stuff. And, and Tammy'd always laugh. She goes, I always feel so bad when you have to leave your friends up at school, you know? And I mean, it was like, so I'd be driving the stretch of road and it would be late at night. And it, I would always be sad because I was either leaving my family or leaving my friend, you know, it was kind of, it was funny, but I'd always catch the Prairie home companion mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the link with um, the, like the Minnesota humor Mm -hmm. Right. Like from through my mom, like I just visiting her, our family, like that always made me laugh. And that always fit, you know, like I always thought that humor was wonderful, you know. So I'd say the Prairie Home Companion was one. John, we're also there's a glaring oversight as well. What's that? And I hate to say it. I no, I don't hate to say it but I hate to say it that I didn't mention it first. Yeah. I am a big fan of the King of all media, Mr. Howard Stern. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I know. And there's probably people going, are you kidding me? And all this kind of thing. I, I, and I'm, I I hate to say it a certain uh, teammate of mine that possibly directs orchestra, uh not when, before Howard went to uh um, uh, serious mm-hmm. every morning we would come in and talk about like what we would listen to on the drive-in because yeah. we were both, we we're both Howard Stern fans and we would talk about it every, every day and all that kind of stuff. So, nice. um, that would, that would be an oversight if, if I don't mention that.
1: Okay. I, I've never been a big Howard Stern fan. I I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, was, yeah.
2: Well, it balances out because I was never like a super huge man cow fan. So right. uh, there we go. Right. CJ,
1: yeah. Even in disagreement, we can. Different, different strokes for different folks. <sighs> you, uh, you mentioned liking, um, kind of like some of the, like Minnesota humor and and like yeah. Wisconsin humor. Have you ever listened to, um, what's the guy's name? Is it Charlie Barron's? Boy, that ring, that name sounds familiar, Is it but the, I'm the not. Manitowoc minute. No, no. Okay. You got to go find this guy on YouTube. Well, um,
2: I'm putting uh, it down right now.
1: Yeah. My Would wife, Sharon, has, has been listening to this a lot and he does like all these jokes about being from the Midwest. Okay. And he's, and oh, it's hilarious. He does this one uh, thing where he's like, um, was it driver's ed for Midwesterners?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the idea is he's supposed to, and he, he's got like this very thick, like Wisconsin accent. And, uh, right. and he's trying to teach somebody how to drive and he's, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, well, when you, when you get to the stop sign, uh, you know, what you got to do is you gotta, you gotta make sure you wave people on, you gotta wave people, you gotta wave people faster than that. If you don't, you know, they're going to think you're from Chicago. If you, if you go too fast and if you, um, <laughs> oh, good. Don't do that. And, you know, just cause you got there first to the stop sign doesn't mean you have to go. You let everybody else through first, just keep letting them through. Yeah. Um, That's funny, and, and then he makes a comment. He's like, you know, and, and, uh, part of your test here is, um, you gotta remember that, um, you gotta, you, you, you gotta stop every three miles. You gotta stop at a Culver's. And so like, they're constantly <laughs> stopping at a Culver's and getting some That's cheese curds and other stuff. And, um, but just like real funny, like trying to do like the stereotypical Midwestern stuff, oh, but, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. tying in some of the, like the Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, those, those kind of things. I just typed it. I just wrote it
2: down. I'm going a, I'm to a yeah. be checking that out, man. Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Uh,
2: okay, so the number one radio show, and yeah. I think we have got like 40.
1: We've, we've covered like the history of radio. So question number two, what was the hardest thing about high school? I'll say this is kind of a quick one for me. Okay. Like, I don't, and I don't, it almost makes me kind of worried to answer it this way because I, I know so many people say, man, and even in this movie, it's like, man, high school stinks. Like high school is like the worst time. And like, oh man, is you just got to get through it. And then when you get through it, then you're an adult. And then, it. and I look back at that kind of stuff and I'm like, did, did I peak too early? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't feel like I had a tough time in high school. It's awesome, man. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't a popular kid, you know, I wasn't the star of a sports team. I wasn't any of these things, but I also on the flip side, don't feel like high school was this horrible experience. Like I hear so many people, I hear so many people say that they're mm-hmm. like, man, high school was rough. Like I would never want to do high school again. And while I would never want to do high school again myself, I'm like, yeah, but not because it was bad just because like there's bigger and better things to move on to. Yeah. Like I don't want to be in school as a student like that ever again. But at the same time, I don't look back on that time. and like, man, that was, that was rough. I hated that. It was terrible. So if I had to look back on it and say, what was the toughest thing about high school is I, maybe the toughest thing about high school was I didn't, I don't know. I didn't go to parties when I was in high school. Yeah. Like, cause I knew people were going to be drinking and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I just don't want to like, that just feels like it's more trouble than it's worth. Yep. So I don't yep. really, I don't really want to get into that. And that did I get myself in some, into a little bit of trouble, you know, with that after high school, maybe, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, going to parties and not going to class in college a couple of times and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, high school. I have fond memories of high school. Cool, man. And I don't, not everybody does, and and I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, minimize any hard times people had in high school. But I just I feel like I hear that so much that people talk about how terrible their teenage years and their high school years were, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I, then maybe I'm overly blessed that I don't look back on it that way. Cool. Or I'm just an easygoing person, and I don't even care.
2: Yeah, man, that's <laughs> all good.
1: So, question three. <laughs> <laughs> pat uh i need a i need some kind of a stinger for pat has just rejected your question <laughs> you've been pat splained <laughs> you, you know what i need is is i needed to be um i needed what was that from uh the prices right pat, i needed to Pat's reactions yeah you've been pat splained you've mm-hmm. been
2: rejected pat has rejected your question
1: i need i I think it's from the price is right i need to i need it to be something like this i need it to be pat has just rejected your question yeah yeah Yeah. oh my
2: gosh hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna talk about that greatest generation thing again Mm -hmm. when they when they're talking about uh, season six mm-hmm. schisms but they pronounce it like Kevin Uxbridge and they've got this like music it's like raw wow 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 you've been schismed <laughs> like if you find it, it's a it's a good bit we can't like steal their bit
1: yeah um, <sighs> that's funny stuff hold on hold on I think I got this is this is this the sound effect I'm looking for all right hold on let's see <laughs> okay <laughs> you know i do what? reject the question yeah okay here hold on we're just we're just gonna do this right now i'm just gonna do it right now okay ready okay. here we go ready pat just rejected your question <laughs> Oh, man that's okay. funny that's, i'm gonna cut that i'm gonna put it in the soundboard it's gonna get reused
2: if i okay if the Pat's Blaine one can i also have the Pat
1: has rejected your question one i'm no I'm gonna, no i'm not pardon? sending you that one i'm emailing that one to tammy
2: oh okay <laughs> that one's going to tammy. <laughs> tammy i told john that you had a little feedback for him because there's a pat splain sound effect i've even introduced it to some of our colleagues john <laughs> like they called and they said hey you know about this thing and i was like well it's this it's that it's You know, I'm, I I said, I probably, probably talk too much. And Tammy's like, are you talking to someone? I said, no, I'm leaving a message. She goes, you've been talking for five minutes. No one needs a message that long. I said, well, if they want the question answered. And then I, then they called back and I answered the question. She goes, you've been talking for 10 minutes. I think like, and so I've just like, I, I, the person I was talking to, like, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry if that got long winded. And then you've been Pat's, you know, so.
1: (laughs) Uh, i didn't know voicemail went for 10 minutes that's amazing
2: yeah no uh, i the voicemail only went for five minutes Oh, but then when they called back and i said don't bother listening to your voicemail then i talked to him for 10 minutes the follow-up
1: conversation was longer yeah (laughs) yeah um so the what was the question again (laughs) (laughs) the original question that you rejected um what was the hardest thing about high school all the other people. Mm. If I could have just
2: gone to high school without all the other people there, (laughs) I think it could have really
1: worked well. That's, that's been at least one of my children's response to being in remote learning. Yeah. They're like, when this is all done, can I just stay home? (laughs) Like, because I don't have to worry about the kid next to me, picking his nose or pulling this other girl's hair or like, I can just learn. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. And, I, and, and honestly, I mean, like there were
2: some really fantastic teachers that I met that mm-hmm. kind of helped keep, get me through, you know, and like I've been extremely blessed with a wonderful family. And I mean, like, yeah, I was just lucky enough to be born into it. So, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not going to like claim credit for any of that, but that was a big strength, too. And I think my problem, John, is I was kind of like Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. I left before I was ready mm-hmm. and you know I wasn't equipped to deal with what was there and I ended up with my hand cut off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But at the end I got another lightsaber. Hey, there you go. So I guess that's kind of like high school. So yeah. if I could have gone back like knowing what I did now, then I think we could have been I think it could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and and the whole thing with the people, I mean, my thing is like You know, you can't get rid of all the other people. And that's, I mean, I make a joke out of it, but that was part of the problem is that it was like, my happiness was contingent upon other people. Mm -hmm. So it kind of was like, now it's just like, yeah, your happiness is your happiness. Nothing should be contingent on other people. Right. I had to go through that experience
1: to get to that. Figure that out. Yeah.
2: So I guess in that sense, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Shall I quote Dostoevsky? Suffering is the only cause of consciousness. There you go. I think I messed up that quote, but somehow mm-hmm. you had to suffer to become conscious of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. hmm That was a good part of high school. We got to read notes from the underground man. There or go. notes from underground. There you go.
1: There were good parts of
2: high there school too. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, question number three, favorite movie about kids rebelling? Hmm. Of course, you have a lot of, you have the John Hughes movies, mm-hmm. a lot of those, you got like Ferris Bueller, you got Breakfast Club. Um,
2: if, I, if I say Red Dawn, will you think less of me?
1: No. Well, I, I might think more of you.
2: I, I know, but <laughs> Red Dawn comes with its own, <laughs> its own uh, stigmas. No, <laughs> no, Red, Red Dawn's good. Red Dawn be, I yeah. was, honestly, my gut reaction was Hunger Games. New, new or old? Uh, the new one was cute, but I mean, yeah. the old one's the classic. Okay, good. Yeah, Hunger but, Games is a good one. Yeah, Hunger, I, I I honestly, if I was going to pick one, I would say Hunger Games. Okay. Probably over Red Dawn. I think Hunger Games is is pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, what about yourself, John? What about <laughs> yourself? I would have said, I mean, we talked a lot about Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. Um, part of me would have said like Ferris Bueller's day off. I mean, of course you've got the John Hughes movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another part of me would have said, and actually I, this might be my answer would be um, dead poet society. Mm, Yep. That might be my answer. Uh, Just because I watched this so many times with my seventh and eighth graders. uh, I might also say the outsiders Oh, the outsiders is so good. So I'm trying to decide between. Yeah. I'm trying to decide between dead poet society and the outsiders. Mm-hmm. Two way tie. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to break that tie. I'm going to say either one of those. They're both good movies.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to say the hunger games. Okay. I mean, I could go old school, like the wild one mm-hmm. or rebel, rebel with a cause with rebel without a cause.
1: Rebel with a cause was less rebellious, but, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, You got to be pretty rebellious if you're going to rebel without a cause. Right. I don't know why, but I'm lighting things on fire.
1: (laughs) I know why. And I'm just much calmer about it. Mm -hmm. I have a cause. I'm calmer than you are. Yes. Calmer than you are, dude. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Well. Hunger Games. All right. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for pump up the volumes. I got it right that time. It's not, it's not pump it up. It's not, um, it's not uh Reebok pumps. It's not, uh, you know. Well, pump it up could apply to the big bounce house places, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not a Swedish made. No.
2: Well, I was just going to say, compared to that video that you showed us on the interlude from the other recording, <laughs> it was kind of <laughs>
1: oh, oh my <clears throat> yeah i fight crime in a rubber suit <laughs> <coughs> oh ah, <sighs> yeah anyway <laughs> it's late it is uh, depending on what people if people may be listening to this first thing in the morning it's late for us um so this is uh this is pump up the volume and uh we might have had a few criticisms of it but Overall, I think we enjoyed the movie. Uh, It's a fun movie. Go check it out. Great Christian Slater movie. Um, But, yeah, go check it out if you have not seen it before. We have got one movie left in 1990, and that's coming up next week. Teenage Mutant. Continuing the theme of teenagers. Oh, what a great movie this is. Yeah. So we got that coming up next week. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and then, coming up in January and February, if you want to look ahead the next couple of months, uh, January coming up, we've got The Rocketeer, du- oh. Double Impact, oh. Backdraft, nice. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. January is our kind of month, John. Yeah, that is. Uh, January, The January Patreon exclusive is Clash of the Titans from 1981. Oh. Check that out. February is our family month, where we've got Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Mm-hmm. Regarding Henry. Okay. The Adams family. Okay. And our February Feb, February. Marticia Adams makes my little heart go pitter pat. I'm just gonna say. Who does? Morticia Adams. Oh, okay. Okay. The TV. uh from the old TV show or Angelic Houston? Yeah. Okay. Let's see, and then our uh, February Patreon exclusive is Willy Wonka from 1971. Oh, Oh, that's awesome! Hitting its 50th anniversary this this year, this next year. Oh, Oh. that's crazy! That's absolutely insane. That is that is crazy. All right. Well, if you want to find out more about our show, 30podcast.com 30podcast.com you can find out more. Uh, You can rate and review the show. You can become a co-executive producer by donating through our Patreon page and helping us out that way. Uh, You get bonus exclusive content through there, our monthly exclusive shows that we do. Um, You get those at any level of helping us out there. Um, And you can join our ever growing uh, list of co-executive producers that are helping us out there just helping kind of keep the lights on, keep things running here so that we can keep bringing you this show hoping you're enjoying it um but yeah if you want to reach out to us too, leave us voicemail email (coughs) smoke signals whatever you want to do. Um, leave that give us some feedback and we'd love to hear from you all right well everybody uh, i was gonna say be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies but i feel like it's more appropriate for me to do this one hey everybody eat your cereal with a fork do your homework in the dark we'll see you back here next time (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back.